This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by Nailbook. You guys, Nailbook is really amazing. It's the world's first toenail scrapbook. Each page comes with 10 pouches for your toenails so that you can catalog different life events over time via your nail clippings. So, for example, maybe you're going off to college and you just want to document that or you're having a kid or whatever. Um, Nailbook will allow you to do that. Uh, they have different backdrops, different customizations. Uh, they're sensitive to people who may not have all their limbs, so you can get ones with five or even no pouches. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I just think that more stories need to be told through toenail clippings. So for 10 nails off your first order, go to http colon double dash www nailbooklove.biz and learn more about how you can make memories with your toenail clippings. Nailbook. Nailed it. And now on with the show. We're back. Hello. It's us. Uh, we've already recorded one of these, so I'm like really on. When we record these in couplets, I feel like the first one, our starts are a little slow, and the second one, I'm like, let's go, I'm ready. Yeah, we really rip into it in the second the first, one. The first one we did today the killing joke one i feel like when we started out we were like really mellow and then we like we weren't really up. we weren't that mellow because we i was talking about mellow. my bowel situation yeah but it was in a mellow way more mellow than your bowels but Certain, anyways yeah anything would be oh my goodness like a 50s era men's vietnam. smoking room in there vietnam was more mellow couldn't, than my bowels couldn't see from one end of the couch to the other passiondale yeah. was more yeah excuse me Jeez. okay Who's who's the one repping bodily? That was that was function kind of an accident. Podcast, though. I'm really. sorry, guys. I apologize. That was watery and gross. Uh, so and on last gross. episode, we talked about what you were up to. So on this episode, uh, in the opening, we'll talk about what I'm up to. Yeah. Um, I've watched a few films that I don't think really warrant a review necessarily, but were interesting nonetheless. As I mentioned briefly last episode, I watched Fury. Um, which is the World War II era movie about a tank squadron with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. What's that annoying guy's name? John Bernthal. John Bernthal. 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 He's, he's the really yeah. He's the really uh, bullish yeah. looking dude. Yes. Yeah. The Italian looking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was a it was a good movie, and I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was really great in any one way. It's not. Did a good job exploring the relationship between the tank guys. It was a cool setting. Easily easily the coolest part of that movie is the fact that. The scenes where they're in the tank, yes, doing yeah. stuff, operating the tank. That's super cool. Warrants a watch if you want to, but it's not a must-watch. Uh, speaking of warrants a watch but not a wa- must-watch, I also watched Baby Driver. I think I would have liked this movie a lot more, but I feel like it was the victim of hype because I've heard a lot of good about it in the two or three years since it came out. Um, everybody knows the whole central trope, the the Baby Driver. Has tinnitus, so he's using earbuds and listening to music all the time. And we basically hear the world through his ears, so the music changes if he takes out an earbud, and we hear the world come in, that kind of thing. That's very cool. The chase scenes are very cool, but overall, I thought the story was really tropey. I talked to uh, one of my friends who's a big fan of the movie and said that's the whole point, and I said, yeah, but I still didn't find it interesting. So I guess your mileage may vary there. It's it's a stylistic, mm-hmm. it's a it's style over substance all the way. But and that it is, is a stylish movie. That is all it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. 
is a very stylish Bonnie and Clyde style action thriller. Um, very colorful, very joyful mm-hmm. movie too. I should I should also add that I've been reading the Watchmen graphic novel, Ooh. which is immensely huge, and supposedly very very good. I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it so far. I'm almost done Blood Meridian. I'm like savoring it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be finished it. I'll read it though, and, and we'll review it. Yeah, as soon as I'm done it, I'm handing it mm-hmm. my copy off to you, my dog-eared, many times read copy off to you, and we will review that book i For i sure. have i've read so much auxiliary stuff about and that i love cormac mccarthy but i've never read it and i've also been um playing dead space too yes and we're gonna have to do a dead space episode we I will think, do a dead space once episode. you're finished with that yeah uh in terms of games for me i've been putzing around in gta 5 which is just the ultimate sandbox no need to really talk about that um, the other two things I've been doing, I've been playing racing simulators because I'm a nerd, which I'm not also not going to go into detail with that, but it's a lot of fun. And then I got, I haven't talked to you much about this. I'm almost finished Shovel Knight King of Cards. Yeah. Dude, you got to play that. It's a, yeah. it's a expansion to an already fantastic retro style game. It is more ambitious and probably almost double the size of the original game. Real, it's really? big and it's awesome. All I'm saying if you loved me, you could get me a Vita for my birthday. So for that's, music, that's I've I'm been listening to the album we'll be talking about today, the Johnny Cash. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis, Frank Sinatra, a lot of old stuff, a lot of David Bowie. Um, yes, yeah, I've been listening to a decent amount of Black Midi. She, she moves with a purpose. <laughs> what a magnificent purpose. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. And uh, that's pretty much it. For reading, I read all of Johnny Cash's autobiography over the Christmas break and then the week or two after. Uh, that's a fantastic... It's just called Cash. It's the second autobiography... It's the second autobiography he wrote. Auger biography? Uh, yeah, that's when you write a biography about a large drilling, drilling device. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Auger biography. But that was a young drill. <laughs> oh. That was just a 12 volt. That's not... That's not even funny. Okay, Ugh. I can hear I can hear myself listening back to that as I said it and going that wasn't funny, but you thought it was yeah. at the time. You so thought... go get on the platform and start winding up that <laughs> music machine. Oh yeah, Let's I guess. Get it going. You... Okay. There's a lot of so much soot like, in here. It is so bad on my elbows. Though the that crank thing, yeah, it's needed to be lubricated for such a long time you, well i always put knee pads on my elbows if i do it do you well you do bump them on that like yeah. control panel thing but uh-huh. it's like you know it's like the fuse box i don't even know what it's and for yeah. honestly it's got like human hair growing out of it yeah the technician guy told me what it was last time but i wasn't really listening to him I'm actually in school as an electrician just so that I can maintain this device because the repair bills right now is it takes all of our sponsorship money just to yeah. keep this thing going. And our Patreon. Yeah. And our Patreon. Which is just nude calendars of us. <laughs> you're, you're, nobody wants a nude calendar of us. Not even my wife. That's wants. why the Patreon's going so poorly. <laughs> You're aboard the Good Ship Brothership. What's that I hear you ask? Well, let me tell you. It's the only arts podcast that covers film, music, gaming, literature, and... Rotten fish heads. 
I'm one of the rotten fish heads. Grant, this is the other one, Jason. I'm a rotten fish head. Okay, Jason, what precisely are we talking about today? Okay, can I go? I want to go back to the nude calendar thing for a second. Okay, we're uh, not talking because, about nude calendars. No, no, no. Because one of my classmates at college, who's like the least, the last person I'd expect to be like this, mm-hmm. made not a nude, but like kind of like a sexy calendar for his girlfriend what? as a Christmas gift. Like, and he just took his phone and went out. And he's not a fit guy, uh, yes. nor is he like really boisterous. But he's like so willing to show like the pictures in the calendar to everybody in class. And it's, like, him in, like, his tidy whities posing on the hood of his car, which is, like, a Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> and it's, it, like, December that he's doing this. So he's, like, <laughs> freezing cold. So his nips are just... He's just, yeah, diamond cutters. And he's, like, the neighbor's looking at me really weird. Wow. <laughs> he did a whole, like, sexy calendar for his girlfriend for Christmas. So that's commitment. That's... Yeah. Wow. So today we are talking about Johnny Cash's seminal uh, second coming, which is his 1968 record, Live at Folsom Prison. I thought you were going to be talking about new calendars there. No. 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 There's... No. No. Like, just really, no. Just, no. So here's what Wikipedia has to say about that album you're talking about there, Jason. At Folsom Prison... Prison. I misspelled it in the And now you misspelled software. it with your mouth. Now, yeah. At Folsom Prison is a live album by Johnny Cash released on Columbia Records in May 1968, one year before Zeppelin 1 came out. Ooh. After his 1955 song Folsom Prison Blues, Cash had been interested in recording a performance at a prison. His idea was put on hold until 1967 when personnel changes at Columbia Records put Bob Johnston in charge of producing Cash's material. Cash had recently controlled his drug abuse problems and was looking to turn his career around after several years of limited commercial success. Backed by June Carter, Carl Perkins, and the Tennessee Three, Cash performed two shows at Folsom State Prison in California on January 13, 1968. The album consists of 15 tracks from the first show and two tracks from the second. Uh, Despite little initial investment by Columbia, At Folsom Prison was a hit. Why am I saying that so weird? Prison. It was a hit in the United States, reaching number one on the country charts and top 15 of the national album chart. The lead single, a live version of Folsom Prison Blues, was a top 40 hit, Cash's first since 1964's Understand Your Man. At Folsom Prison received positive reviews and revitalized his, revitalized Cash's career, becoming the first in a series of live albums recorded at prisons that includes at San Quentin. Something in a really weird. Do you know how to say this? No. We'll just say he did one in '73 and a <laughs> concert behind prison walls in 1976. The album was re-released with additional tracks in 1999, a three-disc set in 2008, and a five-LP box set with bonus rehearsals Wow! in 2018 for Record Store Day. It was certified triple platinum in 2003 for U.S. sales exceeding $3 million, which is quite an accomplishment for a country and western live album in a prison also during what was essentially 
the birth of rock and roll and a time when a lot of people felt that Johnny Cash was an also ran or kind of a product of a bygone era. Um, yeah, not the the early to mid fifties, the mid fifties especially was when he started to have this meteoric rise. And then by the mid sixties, he was really dying out and people thought that that was maybe a place and time thing. And this was what really booted him back up to relevance in the late sixties was this live album. And Which that's so interesting to me because just the nature of the show Johnny Cash is up there with his band most of the songs we I was joking around with you earlier said that all the songs are about being in prison except for one and it's about a dog yeah but he gets up and largely plays all these songs that are about being in prison to a bunch of inmates mm-hmm. and that becomes a complete hit it's not something that most people can really relate to, is exactly. it? Exactly. And it's, I, that that fascinates me. I think Johnny Cash played into the outlaw fantasy that a lot of people have, the kind of desire to be a rebel and shoot somebody and go to jail. <laughs> yeah. You know, he talked in his autobiography about how he would get grilled relentlessly in the mid to late 50s after he wrote Folsom Prison Blues people were convinced that he had like killed a man because I shot a man in Reno just, just to, watch to watch him, him die. die. And he was and when asked about like why he wrote that, he said that he wanted to think of the most horrible reason a man could have for killing another man, and that was just why he did that. Yeah. But people were like convinced because like it's Johnny Cash. He's like this outlaw. They're like, "No, yeah. you killed somebody." And he's like, "I'm telling you, I didn't." Yeah. Also, I I want to say that for some reason that lyric is the one that always comes to my head when I think of Johnny Cash. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's seminal, and even Wikipedia... Don't play with guns. Wikipedia puts the genre as outlaw country, which yeah. I love. I love that. Um, and this is a really special album. I just don't think many live records are ever able to transcend to this level of relevancy. That spiked the levels. Grant's moving the microphone around. I am sorry. So I was that uncomfortable. That sound good. Um, so I think... Let's just start out at the beginning. Yeah, it opens up with live at Folsom, or with Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. Live at Folsom Prison. Yeah. And immediately you can tell that the crowd's just electric when they introduce him right at the beginning. Mr. Johnny Cash. Well, no, they, no, that's not what happens. This is one of the things that I love about this album. It starts with, hey, I'm Johnny Cash. Yeah. And then the whole place just lights you know, up. Yeah. Bursts into wild, raucous, you know, cheering. It's just a sea of ah, you know, and and throughout the entire album, I really think more the world's top musicians, you know, the biggest earners, people playing to stadiums, they need to go back and listen to this album to hear what a good performance sounds like. And mm. I don't mean in terms of technical proficiency, no. but that is definitely here in spades. I mean in terms of connecting with your audience, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think many live albums like this could get made because they're way too imperfect. Yeah. Like, he, there are multiple times when he starts singing a line, then trails off to say something. Yeah. And he does that twice in one of the songs in one row with the same line. Like, he has another thought he wants to add. Yeah. So he, like, starts the line twice before he actually like finishes and it. it's but it's it's the work of a master frontman yeah. a master entertainer and storyteller and 
you really don't ever see that anymore with live musicians. People are, they will be so angry. You know, you, you see people throwing tantrums if their song is interrupted or mm-hmm. something like that. You just, I don't know if we have this kind of, this caliber of, this kind of class. Like showmanship yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, just casual, super mm. cool. And it's interesting, though, because as he, as Johnny Cash has talked about, he was just petrified when he did this show because he had very recently gotten clean from amphetamines for the first time in a very long time, and he wasn't used to doing shows sober. And he said he was, like, terrified of going out on stage because usually he was all wound up by the time he'd get out there. Um, but it really doesn't come through. He sounds completely relaxed. And I think... The one of the keys to this album's enjoyment for me is from the kind of goofiest, funniest songs all the way to the darkest, deepest, and the most meaningful songs. You can tell he's having fun, yeah, like in a big way. You know, to him, when he breaks off and chuckles and is like, "No laughing during the song, please." When you could hear somebody laughing in the background, yeah, like it's just it's a really heartwarming, like human performance, yeah. And it really, it really does sound like he wasn't treating it as the most important gig of his career. It, it doesn't even sound like he cared that they were recording it. No. Like this, it sounds, it is so casual. I love his, like, this is being recorded so you can't say hell or beep, and they, like, beep it Yeah, out, yeah. Or anything like that. I'm dying to know what he, he said there. He laughs, and he's like, they'll probably take that word out. No, he's, he's like, like, how does that grab you, Bob? How does that <laughs> grab you, Bob? And I love, I love, I love his uh, kind of rebellious persona. Like, uh-huh. he's up there kind of back-chatting the wardens. Yeah. And he refers to the prison guards as, he's like, them mean bastards, ain't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then just, yeah. like, everybody just cheers. And and just the way that he empathized with and connected with and, and treated these prison inmates like human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is really kind of amazing. And we watched a short video uh, while we were eating supper tonight about this, and it brought up the fact he did, st- he was in prison. For three days, yeah. It's not like he's. It's not like he had any real reason to no. empathize with or identify with inmates. I do want. This is a bit of a tangent, but it's worth it. Did you know? Did I tell you about this? That Johnny Cash is the only person in U.S. history to be successfully sued by the U.S. government for starting a forest fire. What? <laughs> he started a forest fire. He did. And he had to pay a fine for it. Because he was... I forget exactly how it went. I'll look it up while we're talking later. But basically, he went and got a propane tank and put it in the trunk of his car. Okay. And, like, the the uh, valve was bumped so it was open and leaking propane. And he, like, somehow knew it was going to happen, like, bailed out of the car. And the car exploded and lit a forest on fire. But So he... he actually just planned that no it was he didn't mean to do it but but how is that his fault then well i think i'm googling it right now well after after it happened he went to a nearby bank and pretended like river bank that is not a financial institution he went to a river bank and pretended to be fishing because he was afraid (laughs) of getting caught but then as soon as like firefighters showed up they were like yo did you do this and he was like yeah you got me (laughs) okay as his career 
Okay, Johnny Cash accidentally started a wildfire that destroyed over 500 acres uh-huh. and killed 49 endangered condors. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, for a brief time, he shared an apartment in Nashville with Waylon Jennings, who was also heavily addicted to amphetamines. Uh, Cash used the uppers to stay awake during tours. Um, okay, I just want to know about the... Just yeah. sit, just, okay. just keep talking. Okay. Just talk. You can do something. all the reading you want. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you find yeah, it? Yeah. I just found okay. it. In June 1965, his camper caught fire oh, during a fishing good. trip with his nephew, <laughs> Damon Fielder, in Los Padres National Forest in California, triggering a forest fire that burnt several hundred acres and nearly killed Cash. Cash claimed that he the fire was caused by sparks from a defective exhaust system on his camper. But Fielder thinks that Cash started a fire to stay warm and in his drug condition failed to notice the fire was getting out of control. Huh. When the judge asked Cash why he did it, Cash said, I didn't do it, my truck did, and it's dead, so you can't question it. The fire destroyed 508 acres, burning the fo- foliage off three mountains <laughs> and driving off 49 of the refuge's 53 endangered condors. Cash was unrepentant and claimed, I don't care about your damn yellow buzzards. The government sued him and was awarded $125,172, or almost a million dollars in 2016. So they sued him well over a million. Nice. Cash eventually settled the case and paid eighty-one grand. He said he was the only person ever sued by the government for starting a forest fire. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I don't care about your damn yellow buzzards. <laughs> um, Anyways, yeah, <laughs> that's just an aside. So the thing that really does endear this album to me is the yeah the joy and kind of the flippancy with which it seems like it was made, and also the fact that it really puts you there. Like the that's like, what yeah sorry keep going. Like how you hear those prison PA announcements. Yeah, I made a note about that. The chatter between songs and you hear johnny cash's voice go a couple times mid-song it breaks and gets all weak for a second and if it was if the album was better it would be worse you know yeah totally and that's what i was gonna say as well i've listened to my fair share of of live albums and i'm not gonna say that this is the best one but you certainly can't compare it to other live albums you know i i love the uh david bowie live album i think it's called david bowie stage or something like that and it's like a double album Mm -hmm. phenomenal performances all around on that album as bowie was known for but um but this puts you right there Mm -hmm. never when when i listen to a to a, a live album you get kind of that buzz that you get from a concert from being there mm-hmm. you get a little bit of that because you can hear the audience roar and you can you can hear the the singer or musicians embellishing things differently playing things differently you get the chatter in between songs but no live album has so successfully placed me in a setting mm-hmm. like this did and i could i could picture the you know injection molded plastic chairs and the 
you know, cinder block walls mm-hmm. and the old yellowed PA system and all that sort of stuff. You can you can absolutely put yourself there and that's really magnificent and highly commendable. And like you said, if it were any more polished, it just wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be as endearing. No. Um another thing that I really love is the versatility in the tracks that he sings and something I feel like a lot of modern artists are afraid of now is having like little almost like novelty songs or something. I love them. Like dirty old egg sucking dog. Yeah. Like flushed from the bathroom of your heart. <laughs> yeah, that, so, that one was funny. It's so good. It's like completely tongue in cheek, but it's fun. It's like really joyful music. The crowd clearly loves it. Yeah. Um, and I should note, I understand that some of the crowd was uh, edited in afterwards. The video we were watching talked about that, but I really don't care because it sounds fantastic. Yeah, I wonder how much was. Uh huh. But I mean, I can't. I couldn't tell just by listening to it. But these little novelty tracks, I think, help the album out so much more than if every song tries to be this big grand statement. Or even like uh, Orange Blossom Special is just like this old school, fun, upbeat, like country song that's just so heartwarming and so lovely. Um, And I think really the only artists who are doing songs like that, like that I can think of now, are people like Thundercat, (laughs) who isn't afraid to do like a one and a half minute song about something random before he just moves on to an unrelated topic. Uh, the other thing that I think is neat is the way this melds um, his previous songs with covers of other people's songs and uh, finally The Closer, which is an incredibly powerful track, which is written by an inmate at Folsom Prison and that show is the first time that Johnny Cash had ever performed it. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about like the track list? Do you think I... it's... Is it too long? Is it tight? <laughs> well, it's... it's... There's a lot of tracks there, mm. but so many of the songs are very, very short. Yeah, I'm going to look up the line. I don't now. think any of them are... It's it's a 45-minute album, I'm pretty sure. But hardly a hardly a song on there... I don't think a single song touches four minutes, really. Um, and it, mo- it moves very quickly... Uh, but that's just that's just how these songs are written, right? Like it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't feel rushed necessarily. No. And yeah, they start off with some quote unquote fast songs, like with the full band, and then they go down to just uh, just Johnny and a guitar for a little while, and then the band comes back. Yeah, it's sixteen tracks, but I, I'm pretty sure you're right. That it's forty five minutes. Yeah, but so sixteen songs. That's, so that's like under three minutes a song. Yeah, and. Uh, and I that like includes that. chatter and stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, that includes everything. And I like that. I agree. I think Greystone Chapel is the best. And that is uh, such a powerful message for Johnny Cash to end off on, I think. Like, where he has... Mm-hmm. He has all the fun. He talks about shooting a man in Reno, and I, I took a shot of cocaine, shot my woman down, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a great song. But I love, like... I think the and I know he didn't write it. Uh, Glenn Shirley from Folsom Prison wrote that song, mm-hmm. um, but like the imagery is so vivid and like the kind of wordplay is so good. Like 
It takes a ring of keys to move at Folsom, but the door to the house of God is never locked kind of thing. Yeah. Is like, I can't, yeah. Like, I can't believe Johnny Cash didn't write that, you know? I will say I, I do, the song Folsom Prison Blues is one of my favorite Johnny Cash songs. Yeah. I mean, it's one of everybody's Certainly. favorite Johnny Cash songs, I think, but... I loved that one. I loved uh, the Long Black Veil, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very good uh, song. Oh, followed by three novelty songs from his album, Everybody Loves a Nut. <laughs> so that's literally like that he had an album of novelty songs. That's I love it. Really weird. It's so good. Um, and uh, which is the first song that June Carter comes out in? Jackson. That's, that's a, a great song phenomenal too. tune yeah. and they do such a good job and their synergy on stage as a married couple is so no, good it's 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 awesome it's very good. and june carter's southern drawl is just like unparalleled and adorable yeah, yeah. So i'm like I, have so no, I can't believe people actually talk like yeah. this yeah no kidding <laughs> johnny cash doesn't he, he's got a little bit of a yeah. of a twang but but i guess that... overall um like, there are some songs like The Long Black Veil that I think get a little draggy and probably didn't need to be there, but I don't know. It's, in my mind, it's not the perfect album, but it's the perfect live album. There's really just nothing more I could ask for. If there was much more chatter, I think it would get a little bit laborious, and if there was much less, it would feel like a studio album produced to be live. I think there's a, a really nice balance struck there. Yeah, and... And I was thinking about just Johnny Cash today and how how much of his legacy that that really endures that has really stuck itself mm. in in the cultural psyche is from these shows that that f- picture of him flipping the bird mm-hmm. to the warden. Um, was that from this or San Quentin? That was that was from a different one. But yeah. the photographer said, "Hey, let's take one for the warden." And then he yeah. like gives him that like furious like middle finger salute. Mm-hmm. That photo is you know so famous, and some of these you know at the Folsom Prison Blues and so many of the songs from it, the cover of it are so iconic, and that's just so crazy to me that he could go make a live album live albums are almost never a band's best-selling album no or the only well known or anything the only other band that i can think of right now who had that happen was kiss their album sold like garbage until they made a live album and they're they're great live yeah and so then their live album sold super well which is kind of yeah interesting but johnny cash is the only other guy i can think of where his most ubiquitous probably next to his last album this is probably his most ubiquitous album Mm -hmm. and uh with good reason incredibly immersive truly 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 even if you're not into johnny cash if you're into audiobooks give this album a listen i know that's a weird weird thing to say but it's a narrative experience it is very evocative and really cool and great fun to Mm -hmm. like listen to on a drive or something like that i i do highly recommend it you you won't regret it i go that i go so Mm. far as to say that i can't think of any unless you like really hate johnny cash which i just don't respect at all I would double down and encourage you especially if you think you don't like country music 
but you have not listened to anything like this, you need to try it because I completely have sympathy when people say they don't like country music because a lot of times they haven't heard the real deal. Um, well, if you're talking about the like that new style country, yeah, I think it's the most. I think it's the worst thing because that's what I think a lot of people think about and are exposed to when it comes to quote unquote country. Yeah. So if you think you hate country, this is not that. Please try it because I think you're gonna like it. Yeah. And uh, and th- this is a subject I go back to a lot of like almost every time we talk about an album, but I'm gonna keep doing it because I think it's important. Music is was created to be and should be a positive force and should at the end of the day be like joyful and fun and life-giving and i think this album is such a great successful example of that he covers the whole range he has these sad ballads he has these tales of breaking the law and he has these like redemptive arc and gospel songs but at the end of the day the whole thing is fun it's uplifting and I think it'll make you smile, and you can tell that they were smiling as they sang these songs, you know? And I think that that's really powerful. Yeah, totally. Yeah, fantastic album, fantastic guy, fantastic podcast. We have one of his guitar picks. We do. Yeah. It's given to our great-grandmother by Johnny Cash. Yeah. So, suck it. So amazing. I, I I think about that. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Periodically, I just think about that, I'm like... Whoa! Did he strum? Did, yeah, did he, he strum any of these songs with that pick? Like, right? yes, yeah, probably, quite possibly. He, I did. still miss someone. He yeah. played those chords with that pick, probably. Yeah, wow, that is crazy. Okay, now I, yeah, now I just kind of want to touch it, <laughs> see if my guitar playing gets any better. Nope, he's also very good. He the is. fact that he can strum, I know he, he's just doing the boom chicka boom chicka boom chicka. But the fact that he can that, do that, um, but he does that, and then he'll just like start talking, like just yeah. like. Bah, 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 bah. Do you know how hard that is? That's difficult. very difficult. Anyways, Anyways. Uh, uh, jinx. But uh, so I don't really know what we're gonna talk about next. I I think maybe we should do, we could do the uncut gems for sure. Oh, should we just do a pair of twenty nineteen? Oscar nominated films. Uncut Gems it says twenty twenty on Netflix. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what's up with that. But it was at the Oscars for I don't, I don't know. twenty nineteen. Was it the, not? So these are the twenty twenty Oscars. Because it was in twenty I know that. But yeah, yeah. So is the Oscar season because this is something I don't hang on, let's go into this. Is the Oscar the season like late January to late January kind of thing? Like, hang on. Oscar do we do we have season. to do we have to do no, this on the no, podcast? No, you can just shut but, this well, off. Well, no, I, but we we got to tell the people what we're doing next. Oh, uh, the lighthouse and uncut gems. Okay, the lighthouse and uncut gems. You heard it here first, fellas, and other ladies. Yeah, other fellas too, maybe. Okay, third yeah. fella. Yeah, we're leaving now. Bye.